0: Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke. And I'm Tyler. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Conversations. I'm so excited to do this episode about the new official Knights Radiant quiz.
1: Yes, beginning of June, we had a very special, maybe secretive, announcement from Brandon. And on his website, BrandonSanderson.com, there is a link that everyone can go to and take the official Knights Radiant orders quiz and get some special tidbits on all of the different orders.
0: Yeah. So if you take the quiz and you don't like the result that you get, you can just read the whole page of all the descriptions of the different orders and just pick which one you want to belong to.
1: We are going to go over each of the orders, kind of pick out some of the things that we didn't know because clearly there are some orders that we know a lot about from our main characters in the Stormlight Archive.
0: But there have been a lot of orders that we basically have no information about and this new page on the website has given us a ton of new info about the Knight's Radiant orders. This is also part of the uh, Rhythm of War sort of Beginning yeah, rollout. Exactly. Yeah. As well as the leather bound Way of Kings Kickstarter that's starting soon because a bunch of the incentives on that Kickstarter have things like you can get XYZ thing in the order of your choice. So this is a way for people to kind of pick which order they might want for those things.
1: Yeah. If you want to get a patch, as we know, many people are big fans of patches. (laughs) Now you can get Knights... It's a patch. Exactly. Some Knights Radiant patches for you and all your friends. Why don't we start out with going over our quiz results.
0: How many times have you taken the
1: quiz? Just I have, out of curiosity. I've taken the quiz twice. I wanted to make sure that there was Verify some type the of, results. Exactly. Yeah. Just some consistency in myself and the results. What about you? How many times have you taken it?
0: Three or four.
1: Excellent. <laughs> Requiring a tiny bit more convincing that it was accurate. Now...
0: No, mostly I just really liked taking the quiz.
1: You're a big quiz kid.
0: I and am a quiz kid. Back
1: in the day, it would have been <laughs> like those uh, the Facebook quizzes and the MySpace quizzes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And like all the just great, which character are you quizzes that have big existed. Time. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You did them too, and you passed them around. And this is why nobody's on Facebook anymore. This <laughs> is exactly what happened. So we're gonna try to keep it informational. And not uh, nonsensical too much. What order of Knights Radiant did you get? Or I guess get most often. Did you have any differences?
0: I did not. I got <laughs> Very extraordinarily consistent. consistent results. So, I mean, I guess that's good. Yeah, you're a consistent um, person. And this was great because I have been, you know, really deeply thinking for a while about what Knight's Radiant order I would belong to. Because there's there's a little bit of overlap in some of these orders, which we'll talk about as we start sort of diving in. But my primary question was, am I an edge dancer or am I a light weaver? And I consistently came top for edge dancer. So there we have it.
1: Yes, the results do come as like a percentage, what percentage in each order you are. So it's not a only you know, one-size-fits-all thing. Everybody's got a little bit of everything. But you, uh, yeah, edged out the other orders to become an edge dancer.
0: Yeah. The big surprise was that my second order, second most popular or whatever, however we want to say that, is Windrunner, which I don't know. I've just never really thought about identifying with. Not that I don't like to protect people, but...
1: (laughs) To be fair, I mean, looking at your results, Windrunner and Lightweaver are statistically tied uh, if we're giving a margin of error. In this
0: iteration of the quiz, yes. Ah,
1: got you. Uh, But yeah, it's it's pretty close, number two. I think it could have gone either way.
0: I think, too, the kind of nice thing about this quiz is that it breaks out of the characters that we see in the books a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I think for me, maybe it was hard to imagine myself as a windrunner because the only one that we know of is Kaladin, and I am not like Kaladin really at all. So I think the great thing about both the quiz and these descriptions is that it allows for a little bit more uh, color and gray area that we previously haven't really seen in the books.
1: Yeah, as far as summaries of the orders go, this is the best example because the characters in world are all discovering these orders for the first time. And this is, you know, outside that uh, situation and Brandon giving us like direct knowledge. And I think it is important to remember that there is always been variation in the orders and yeah. that it's not a strict um, personality type or like a strict... Or easily identifiable kind of characteristics, it is. There's maybe, a lot of variation. Yeah, exactly. So you got the edge dancer for sure. Way to go on that. Now our edge dancer in the story right now is Lyft. She's our number one edge dancer. And uh, you know, if Lyft was allowed to grow up, I could totally see you as like an adult Lyft. That there's because I'm awesome and because you really <laughs> like to eat pizza. <laughs> Which pizza, pancakes, it's kind of the same thing.
0: And it does turn into energy.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, basically the same. Basically the same. I think it's all going to work out. Do you want to hear directly from me or do you want to dive right into the No, ma'am, semis- tell
0: me your quiz
1: results. Okay, my quiz results. I guess I will kind of follow you and do the top three results. Yeah. I will point out that each of my top three uh, results are a higher percentage than any of your top three results. Which I th- you're you're like more balanced across all the orders, and I'm like very strongly in some orders and then very not in other orders.
0: That's very interesting because I feel like in life I am a more extreme person than you are, but the quiz says otherwise. Exactly,
1: the quiz is unveiling the Ooh, secrets. The truth has come out. Okay, so uh, my number one by far is. Windrunners. Hardcore. I
0: mean, we knew you were a Windrunner.
1: It wasn't a big secret, but maybe we will when we do the summaries and we'll kind of talk more in depth about Windrunners. Obviously, Kaladin is our number one Windrunner. And I think that there is some interesting tidbits to be picked out that are kind of important. We'll come back to in just in a moment. Okay, And then my next order was the Stone Wards.
0: Nice. Yeah. Headed didn't... by Talenalot.
1: Exactly. We haven't seen a lot of direct Stone Wards. We
0: have, uh, I think there's one in a uh, vision that Dalinar mm-hmm. sees in Oathbringer.
1: Yes. And there is heavy speculation that Rock is the oh, Stone right. Ward that has... Peaked out right at the end of Oathbringer. We'll come back to why uh, and give our evidence in a second. My last order uh, in my top three is Bondsmith, which is uh, Unity, Dalinar. Seemingly, from what we know now, only three Bondsmith can exist at any one time, so different than all the other orders in that way. They also bond The super spren or the big spren. um, Bondsmiths are
0: really unique in a few different ways that we'll discover shortly.
1: Okay, so now let's just go down the list and give ourselves a little summary from Brandon, direct from Brandon. You don't even need to go to the website. You can just be right here (laughs) and get all the information. And then we'll throw in a couple of tidbits as we go. Cool.
0: I will say, too, as we start this, something I thought was really cool about the page here in the descriptions of the orders is we got sort of a tagline for each order or like a mm-hmm. mission statement. Very um direct and crystallized into what that order stands for. And I thought that was cool.
1: So let's start off with the first one, the Windrunners. What's their tagline? I will protect. Awesome. Now, we know a lot about the Windrunners, but what Brandon has written is that Windrunners tend to attract big sibling types. You are the oldest. Makes a lot of sense. Kaladin as well, looking to protect those who are defenseless, like Tien originally, and then all the people that he comes across in his life that he wants to protect.
0: But also more broadly, just fighting for what they believe in, standing up for their beliefs. Yes. Yeah,
1: which I thought was cool. Yeah, I think uh, anyone following the Stormlight Archive knows plenty about the Windrunners. However, I like the aspect that Brandon included, which was a lot more how the orders were used maybe in the yeah. past, the more military uh-huh. times. I liked that too. Um, so what he said is that Windrunners are primarily scouts and they can also often work as special forces groups, uh, basically infiltrating behind enemy lines, maybe bringing other radians to do certain types of damage or just dropping in uh, with their squires, which they tend to have more of than any of the other other orders.
0: Yeah, I thought the other interesting thing that is sort of highlighted in this blurb is the group emphasis of the Windrunners and how, more than any other order, I feel like the Windrunners really operate in group structures. Command structures, team dynamics, uh, which we see with Kaladin, right? And Bridge 4, like it's not just him. He yeah. really works. He's he's at his best when he is part of a group.
1: I would even go a little bit further and say that at least in Kaladin's situation, I don't think he could have manifested his powers without Bridge 4.
0: Oh, 100%. Like he
1: needs them as much as they need him. Uh, and I think that's a important aspect of the Windrunners is that they're actually reliant on the group. And we see this with Syl, I believe, in the early second book, where um, Kaladin's powers kind of can fade in and out, depending on if he's actually trying to help people and protect yeah, people. and if like... he's
0: living up to his intent or the intent of the Windrunners.
1: Yeah. So bunch of great information there however we know a lot about the windrunner so let's just move right along into some of the other orders good call go to the one that is most similar to the windrunners with the skybreakers tagline
0: i will seek justice
1: now in book we know that nail is the leader of the skybreakers
0: Nalan is the only herald to also be a part of his own order yeah the other heralds just acted as a patron of the order Nalan is the only one that has actually joined and like sort of constrained himself by binding uh binding himself to a spren
1: now nail or Nalon is perverted at the point in the books that we see him so he doesn't actually represent the skybreakers as well as they would be represented in the past so kind of the ideal state for skybreakers is that they are um, all about working towards justice uh, fighting for important societal causes and enforcing social rules
0: but i liked the the note here that at their best they are not merciless, Mm -hmm. which as you said, Nalan has kind of perverted it. And so it has become sort of a really, really regimented, strict, no mercy type of approach. Um, So I like that this gave a little color to that and said, like, actually, that's not really super true to the heart of the Skybreakers of old anyway.
1: Now, I like this aspect, the idea that they are not merciless when it comes to our skybreaker and i mean he is now a full skybreaker uh, but zeth zeth is by oathbringer going to become our best actual example of a skybreaker and his transformation his story his journey what we learn about him is that he is actually filled with quite a bit of mercy and like mm-hmm. would very much like to be someone different than who he is, but because of that whole wander you know. sale thing, uh, <laughs> he is stuck doing evil actions. But he wants to practice mercy, he wants to um, kind of be the perfect example of um, like policemen or mm, kind of yeah. societies, whatever organization that yeah. you have that keeping is,
0: order yeah exactly and just, keeping like,
1: society in order making
0: sure that no one is abusing anyone else yes which includes the knight's radiant
1: yeah hugely important that i think was brought out is that the key aspect why skybreakers sometimes bumped heads with other radiant classes is that the skybreakers refuse to believe or allow radiance to become too powerful or too yeah. unchecked and you're like
0: just because you're a surge binder doesn't mean you can just run all over the place doing whatever you want like yeah. you still need to adhere to the laws and social order
1: so when it comes to the question of like who watches the watchmen if the knights radiant are our watchmen the skybreakers are the ones who watch the Watchmen. <laughs> i'm just pulling every good ball <laughs>
0: Next, we have the Dustbringers tagline.
1: I will seek self-mastery.
0: So interesting. This one really surprised me the direction that it went in, which was kind of nice because I think the Springers have always seemed sort of like the scary Knight's Radiant Order. Like if you have this, you know, power for good, these heroes that are going to save the world, why is one of them like all about destruction?
1: Yeah, and they actually don't uh, favor the name Deathsbringers. They prefer the name Releasers. And it's
0: kind of, I feel, the idea of like preservation and ruin, like mm-hmm. nothing can change if nothing gets a little bit destroyed.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that and see a lot of similarities to like they're the ruin or from Hindu mythology, Shiva character.
0: And that that intent is paired with the intent of a sort of personal responsibility or personal restraint that the order that has been given the power to destroy has to adhere to these principles and oaths of self-restraint and self-mastery so that it doesn't get out of hand.
1: They have a couple of interesting aspects just about their order. Uh, their powers do not all manifest at the beginning of their journey.
0: Yeah, like we see Shalon, even when she is a little baby radiant, she can sort of access both of her surges, transformation, and illumination not well but she could she can
1: yeah they're both available for most of the other radiant orders but dust springers because of the immense power and immense destructive potential of their abilities they only receive new abilities as they progress in their ideal their states oaths. yeah exactly What I loved, again, bringing it back to the military aspect, is that dustbringers were often used as artillery and sometimes uh, very mobile artillery if you can have your windrunners take a dustbringer over or behind enemy lines to a certain strategic location and then the dustbringers would lay waste to an area. Certainly very powerful, maybe a little bit more of a delicate order not really doing your up close and personal type of fighting but uh you know having that more kind of strategic look at the battlefield
0: yeah they're like a tool
1: yes an important tool obviously uh, in any military but i think that this concept of control and precision and understanding of themselves is a great just kind of exploration of a different way to talk about the same thing that all the other orders are getting at as well
0: Totally. I like the emphasis here, too, on uh, it like attracts people who are tinkerers or, you know, engineers, I guess maybe we would think of them like people who like to break things down to figure out how they work and then put them back together. It just adds, again, some color and variation to what previously seemed like they just destroy stuff.
1: Exactly. Again, in like a modern military, you have combat engineers who are responsible for both like building bridges and destroying bridges. Yeah. Like you gotta have both. <laughs> okay, so your radiant class is Woo. the edge dancer.
0: Edge dancers represent I will remember.
1: Now edge dancers in the story are represented by lift, as we mentioned, the powers that they have uh, make them incredibly graceful and some of the most kind of beautiful fighters. Uh, we, We have a lot of...
0: It does say that they have skilled prowess in combat.
1: Yeah, and I kind of see... Obviously, lift. we haven't seen a lot of her combat skills. She paddles a lot yeah. around places.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lyft <laughs> is such an outlier.
1: Imagine, okay, but here it is. It's imagine Adolin's dueling ability with the powers of someone like
0: Lyft. Yeah, no, that's a great call. We don't know if Adolin is going to become a full edge dancer or what is going on with him. But I think that's a great call of like his uh, finesse. That yes. dueling is a great image for the edge dancers
1: yeah so lift isn't our best uh fighting example but maybe like adolin with powers would be and i think that the edge dancers and their call their tagline i will remember is such an important concept to intertwine in the Knight's radiant that the common folk the the normal people need to be remembered and thought of to the point when in the past edge dancers were used as like they were given assignments to watch over certain towns
0: yeah i love that they were like all about the civilians basically and it was like okay we can't get too zoomed out fighting this big scale war that we forget about the people that exist in between that you know don't lose the trees for the forest kind of
1: (laughs) yeah and if we said the skybreakers were kind of like a society's police force the edge dancers are almost like the social workers or like the nurses the the hospice workers the people who are just taking care of normal civilians on a day-to-day basis
0: they were used as field medics as well as uh scouts or special forces in conjunction with windrunners and skybreakers. So super useful, us edge dancers.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, the medic team seems to be incomplete without an edge dancer. What I took away from Brandon's summary is the focus that the edge dancers are often the more religious radiance in a group where there's a lot of Religious emphasis and importance, and eventually people kind of worship the Knights Radiant in a religious way. You have those who are former religious leaders often bonding a spread and becoming edge dancers. I think the only person who it like jumps out at me a little bit is in Oathbringer. We have the ardent who was a former soldier in Dalinar's army Uh um, and saw the atrocities that Dalinar ordered and committed, and he committed them along with Dalinar. And then instead of continuing, he retired to the Ardentia. Yeah, I could totally see him being like the, not necessarily leader of the Edge Dancers, but just like the older, another different version of Lyft. Like that guy kind of represents some aspect that Brandon's trying to get across here. Totally. Good pull. Let's go on to the next one, the Truth Watchers.
0: This would be Renarin's Order, and their tagline is, I will seek truth. Pretty straightforward there.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's Not uh, not all of them are confusing. I think that- There is
0: an interesting distinction here between the Truth Watchers and the order that follows them, the Lightweavers, because as we know, Lightweavers have to speak truths as their oaths. And so there's a nice line drawn here in these blurbs that the truth watchers are all about sort of the ultimate truth, the higher truth and the um, sort of policing of the people in in charge to ensure that they are telling the rest of the people, the people that they lead the truth and sort of uh, adhering to the higher ideals of truth in their Uh, leadership role
1: they're often seen as quiet and reserved compared to the other order classes they tend to attract scientists uh, but also scholars thinkers and even people who maybe society uh, wouldn't have such a good role for like being a scholar like Yasna is kind of cool but just sometimes people who are maybe lost in their own thoughts yeah i think obsessive.
0: of like the absent-minded professor yeah sort of type character
1: renarin obviously checks a lot of these boxes as he is both a quiet and reserved individual but also someone who is lost in his own thoughts yeah. and you know kind of has that scholarly bent as well we, of course, have to remember, though, that Renarin has bonded a corrupted Spren. Right. And so he is not our best example of uh, what a truth watcher can be.
0: That's what's great about these blurbs also is because we've been discussing off mic how so many of the Radiants that we've seen in book so far are like outliers for their order, you know, like Lift obviously, is kind of a weird edge dancer. Renarin is kind of a weird truth watcher. Um, So it's good to see just sort of the, the baseline.
1: On the field of combat, you're not likely to find that many truth watchers, probably far more interested in strategy and the big picture and the movement of armies, how to feed your armies, those types of things. However, their healing potential and healing powers, as Renarin showed off, make them invaluable in most situations i would kind of compare it to truth watchers are your surgeons and your edge dancers are your medics yeah and so like mm-hmm. your, your medics are grabbing out in the field exactly and they're bringing people back to the truth watchers
0: yeah or like medical researchers
1: oh certainly other yeah. things as well yeah, yeah yeah when i try to keep it tight to like the the battlefield setting um that's where I would imagine and kind of place the truth watchers that kind of back line maybe some of them are like generals or uh captains and a lot of them probably organizing and giving medical aid as people like return from the front
0: also cool note here it says, quote, truth watchers tended to be those who hold the knowledge and secrets of surge binding and are the ones to discover many of the newer advances and things like fabrial technology,
1: end quote. It was probably also the truth watchers because of their gifts and powers to see the future who also were aware of the failings of the Knights Radiant, the failings of humans, probably were the ones who were doing all that type of scholarly work that is then uncovered in Oathbringer and the different translations. Like, the truth watchers are aware of those things, and it's so interesting. Once you introduce the concept of prophecy or being able to see the future or a possible future, then it becomes this weird game, and you get into all these, like, loops of time travel and stuff, but just, like, what were they doing to prevent that knowledge from escaping and then because they prevented the knowledge from escaping did that actually cause the breakup of the orders
0: it'll be interesting to see how how their powers
1: Developed. come to yeah, light we really yeah, don't know we really
0: don't know that much most of what we're thinking is just speculation complete speculation yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean
1: the most really that we've seen from renarin is that he knew when the everstorm was going to come in Words of Radiance, Mm -hmm. and he knew about his own death at the hands of Yasna,
0: And just his sort of description of his own powers was just, I see things, Mm -hmm. which who knows what that's going to mean. It's so ominous.
1: Definitely excited for a lot of growth. I'm excited to see if anybody else becomes a truth watcher.
0: Okay, so I will say that this page kind of threw my navani speculation for a loop because now i'm like oh well if truth watchers are the Fabrial people then maybe navani is a truth Watcher. and you
1: had the dust springers that seemed very navani-esque and that she's a tinker and kind of interested in how things work and part of creating Fabrioles is like destroying spren or like torturing spren so there's that aspect i actually would Favorite one we haven't got to yet so let's oh, wait i know
0: i know now i Nevada. have too many options i'm kind of upset about that <laughs> so as we said the next order is the light weavers their tagline is i will speak my truth so a little bit different from the
1: truth watchers certainly more about self actualization and similar to the dust bringers their order is weird uh they're an oddity brandon writes perhaps because their spren tend to be the oddest among all radiant spren, speaking of the cryptics, they, of course, don't require specific words and instead rely on truths about the individual lightweaver. Shalons, truths almost always about her own past and what she did in the past and recognizing that mental block that she has been dealing with for her entire life.
0: And it says that the sort of idea behind that is that it's really important for Lightweavers to be able to distinguish uh, truth from lie since they do deal in illusion so much. Um, So I thought that was cool.
1: I think that's a great point is that the more you play with what is reality and what is fiction, the more important it is for you to recognize what is true or at least true for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love the different shades of gray that sort of get incorporated into this oath where, you know, like their spren is a lie spren, but the whole sort of premise of the light weavers is that they tell truth while telling lie, which is what All artists do, really, right? If you go to watch a play or a movie, it's not real life, but it is telling you something true by telling you something fictional.
1: Yes. I mean, clearly we are the... Best example of how something fictional can also be real and important. We're all fans of a fictional universe and we're talking about fictional nights radiant. (laughs) It is real to me. Uh, But it's important (laughs) to you. It is. And that's kind of the magic of any type of artwork. Yeah. And this is what Brandon says that the light weavers are most interested in helping people again remember the importance of entertainment beauty art because there is life in between the desolations
0: yeah and that like you have to have something to fight for yes you have to believe in your life beyond war to sort of get through the war
1: and i think it comes back to remembering similar to the edge dancers in that way of you know what Exists other than war? While we have all of this artwork, all of this history, all of these people, and that helps remember sometimes. Like yeah, the light weavers
0: weavers are the nightly stew that Bridge Four has. That's a great way to see it. The most ancient and wonderful, you know, gathering of humans around food, telling stories.
1: It is both very simple and yet very important.
0: Yes, and just to add their role in a war capacity, they are usually used as spies.
1: Spies, clearly a big part of any type of military. I also think that we have to admit that we've seen a far more active role for Shallan in a military setting where she was projecting and transforming her illusions to give them weight. At the end of Oathbringer? Where well,
0: that, I believe, is only in conjunction with Dalinar, yes?
1: I think that what we are going to find is that, yes, Dalinar has like a boosting capability.
0: Yes, which is unique to the Bondsmiths. Yes. Only the Bondsmiths, from my understanding, are able to... Uh, have a resonance point with the other orders. I don't believe that each order can resonate with all the other orders. I think they can all only resonate with With the Bondsmiths. Bondsmiths,
1: Yes. And so the Bondsmiths I see as kind of like a tuning fork uh, where there is all of this energy and power that's being used and the Bondsmiths can kind of make it all work together uh, to unify it. But I believe that basically I, I want to just give a little bit more credit to Shalon. she's doing something other than being a spy in a military setting. Like her contribution was super important and we believe it's the moment where she becomes brightness radiant and maybe achieves her fourth ideal in that moment because she comes out of it uh, dressed in her shard plate uh, and then it quickly fades away as might happen for Lightweavers. Still
0: speculation
1: complete speculation I that's just <laughs> where my feelings are right now. always available to change my feelings as more things come to the fold. Let's go to the counterpart to lightweaver's the else callers. This is Yasna in the book and there's I will
0: reach my potential
1: all about reaching that potential. gosh, that's got to be so hard for Yasna, who is like the child of you know the eldest child of the king who had just like conquered elethkar clearly very smart from a very young age clearly very passionate and had tons of potential but then broke away from all of that to go her own way
0: Yeah, because I think that's right in line with this, though. If her intent is to reach her potential, she is dedicated to doing whatever she has to do in order to do that. And if her potential does not lie in, you know, the same line sort of that her family is in, then she has to follow her own path.
1: Brennan says they seek self-improvement and personal betterment in their lives, but aren't limited to one specific theme or set of ideals. This means that they are very welcoming and considered uh, very open order. Yeah. They tend to take a lot of people of different types.
0: Anyone who wants to be their best can be an else caller.
1: Jasnah certainly represents kind of the scholarly side, but they also have those who are theologians and people who are interested in leadership roles, management.
0: I thought the interesting thing here was that it mentions that some are known to set their sights on something that they want and to like really go for it until they get it. And that made me wonder if this is sort of the order of politicians.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Could definitely see that their um, Brandon says, in their military capacity, they are often the best tacticians and are logistical geniuses, aided in part by their abilities to create food and water from soul casting, and for their ability to move in and out of Shadesmar. So hugely powerful. We saw a lot of this power from Yasna at the end of Oathbringer. We know that she is now the queen of Polinar. Yeah. So she's hugely significant, but the order itself has a bunch of power and in the desolation times you would probably see a lot of your else callers in uh I would say like positions of leadership all the way up from like your lieutenants to your generals. So hugely powerful order and we're gonna see a lot more from them again, I wonder how many others there will be. And that's kind of one of the continual questions of this first half of the Stormlight Archive.
0: In my reading, I've done a lot of Cosmere research lately. Yasna is currently, at least, the only else caller because the other members of the Spren group, the Ink Spren, other than hers
1: refuse yeah
0: refuse to bond with any humans yeah so as of right now anyway yasna is the only one
1: she has that in common with kaladin and sill where from what we know right now there is well teft i know teft is the one that breaks the mold but sill had this breaking with her own honor spren oh yes about, in that uh, way yeah and so similar like, she went first i would imagine now that we have seen like honor spren we may see some of the ink spren also break that promise and begin to bond with other humans that's what i want obviously i just want a million Radiants everywhere
0: <laughs> i think you're gonna
1: get it unfortunately that also means that there's lots of death everywhere that because radians true. don't show up unless they're needed so <laughs> this is both a good thing and a terrible thing. <laughs>
0: That brings us to the Will Shapers. Tagline?
1: I will seek freedom.
0: Super interesting.
1: It is. And Will Shapers, we know basically nothing about. We've seen no Will Shapers. Correct. So this is one of the least explored Radiance. So every word here is really interesting to me.
0: I feel like the Will Shapers are like the 1960s uh, you know, advocates and like hippies because they are all about letting everyone be free to make their own choices and to express themselves in whatever way they want to.
1: There are definitely some similarities but I like the inclusion of this line about how will shapers do have a lot of variety. They are as likely to see people who dress very conservatively and modestly as those who are very daring and original and maybe we would say risque yeah cuz they're all choices. about
0: live and let live
1: yes it's so it's not i would almost say like the it's a merging between like libertarianism and <laughs> hippieism like you have the normally those are kind of like apart But they both have this concept of like freedom and like don't hurt other people, don't um, you know interfere with other people, and they're just on opposite sides of that specific coin. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it definitely feels like (laughs) that's great, actually. Yeah, it feels like they have a (laughs) similarity in that way that they've kind of merged the different ideas, and it's just like anyone who believes in freedom is great.
0: Yeah, Uh, this. So, this is where, like, I start to see some overlap between some of the orders, which is interesting because it says that this order of will shapers uh, includes a lot of builders, craftspeople, and creators. So, I'm interested in, like, where is the line that you draw between, quote, unquote, an artist and like quote unquote a creator slash
1: crafts
0: person and
1: this is where i believe that navani Navani! eventually fall is a will shaper
0: which was my original guess and then i got seduced by the light weavers and now i just don't know
1: i think the problem comes down to mainly just lack of knowledge because you have knowledge about the light weavers and there is crossover there is appeal to both categories they're not all just one thing so when we get more information and as we get more information about the wheel shapers i actually believe that it will all line up even better and those little things about navani being a creator where you saw artist is actually going to end up being oh she was the perfect will shaper this whole time yeah
0: because she is a crafts person yes. right she creates fabrials and she does have sort of that like An more scientific or like procedural mindset mm-hmm. in her approach to the things that she creates versus, you know, more of a, an open, flowing sort of approach, which maybe is where you say it's art and not crafting. Um, but then, again, she builds fabrials, so maybe she's a dust bringer.
1: Exactly. There's a lot of potential for her. What I focused on was this line Will shapers are warriors focused on freeing those who are captive and others are focused on radical self-expression so this concept of radical self-expression appealed to me specifically when it comes to Nivani and her insistence on having an open relationship with Dalinar. Mm, like that's her she definitely, self-expression.
0: Yeah. Does not care about like the societal norms. Mm-hmm. She is all about being true to herself. So that did, that is a point for her as a will shaper.
1: They are generally focused on building training and making infrastructure In a military setting, they might be sent to a town to build fortifications for an oncoming invasion. Uh, And the most important aspect is that they would be sent out to teach people things like sanitation, metalworking, and other essentials in between the desolations.
0: Yeah, so they are such a key part to uh, restoring the sort of like memories and practices of the people in between desolations after so much is destroyed
1: yeah i'm not saying that this is there's a lot of good examples of this however you can imagine two different phases of uh, a military kind of campaign which is the fighting the one that like makes all the movies or, or that we make all the movies about and then the stuff that happens afterwards um, think of World War II. Afterwards, you have the Marshall Plan, which is all about rebuilding Europe. Um, and there were similar things in Asia as well. But the just basic concept is the wheel shapers would be the ones who are organizing the stuff in the Marshall Plan and not the ones who are in your front line and your, your D-Day type of characters.
0: We do see one tiny little baby wheel shaper, which would be Venli. She bonds a light sprint at the end of Oathbringer. Again, this is another great example of an outlier where you're like, yeah, she's a will shaper, but she's not going to look like your average will shaper. So we'll see
1: how that shapes up. Hey, look at you. Our next order are the stone wards. Again, we have seen no confirmed except for in the past in the flashbacks. No characters are confirmed stone wards right now. So another order we don't know much about.
0: They have an interesting tagline, which is I will be there when I'm needed.
1: And this is where we come to the rock of it all. The belief that I have right now, based on the end of Oathbringer, is that Rock will not become a Windrunner, but will become a stone ward.
0: I could say that for Rock. What I take from this uh tagline or intent of the Order is sort of that they are the dependable people right that their whole thing is sort of like dependability when you need me i will be there um and i feel that that is true of rock you know he's always like and eh, i'm not gonna fight i'm not gonna hold a weapon until he really needs to and then he's like fine i will you know shoot this bow and attach the the scavenge that we have to the end of the bridge so that we can grab it you know when you really need him he'll be there for you
1: yeah, and that's the moment that is so important at the end of Oathbringer is that Kaladin is about to die and Rock pulls a shard bow and fires an arrow, saving Kaladin. The giveaway, in my opinion, is that several chapters previously, it was said that shard bows cannot be pulled by any normal person. and They're in-
0: made to be pulled by... A
1: shard bearer in shard plate. And importantly, that Stormlight, in Kaladin's sense, does not give him increased strength. Yes, he has better endurance. Yes, he can heal from wounds. Yes, he is the peak of his own training and his own abilities. But it does not make him infinitely stronger. What I believe has happened with Rock is that he used the surge of tension to manipulate the string on the bow more than actually pull the bow back with his strength and that then allowed him to be there when he was needed love it yeah that's where we're at with the stone wards now when it comes to what they do in the battlefield as Brooke said super dependable which is why they are often the infantry and ground troops of the radiance um sometimes claiming to be the best and finest soldiers uh which the windrunners like to claim as well but these are kind of the grunts of the military
0: yeah i like the overlap here of stone wards and windrunners particularly in regard to rock um because like now that you said that i'm seeing it Everywhere The description of them being like big team players, mm-hmm. big on team dynamics, again, super similar to the Windrunners. So Rock, you know, is kind of sort of a part of the Windrunners in that way. And then it says that they put the well-being of others sort of before their own interests however they will not bend their ideals for just anything they are very like stringent about that which is true of rock again he's really like nope this is who i am i will not fight i like have these rules that i will follow yeah but i will also be there for you
1: <laughs> i love it and stone words were my uh, my second highest Radiant class. So I like those Windrunners. I like those stone wards. Dependable and protecting. That's us. (laughs)
0: Last but certainly not least, the Bondsmiths.
1: Tagline is? I will unite. Clearly, this is our Dalinar character. I am unity, he says in Oathbringer before merging all the realms together and freaking out Odium to the point where now Odium is scared of facing Dalinar like he's doing the champion route or seems he will be going down the champion route. So it is one of the most important orders. We already mentioned they only bond the three large sprens. And I think that what you mentioned about being the resonance point with other orders or that like tuning fork um, is really, really important and perfectly lines up with Dalinar's role Clearly, we just had this great book in Oathbringer from Dalinar's perspective and moving his story along, and it's just made the Bondsmith concept so much more clear, and I hope that keeps happening for the other Orders.
0: What I think is really cool about this description is that, like I said earlier, the Bondsmiths are sort of the most uh, unique, because obviously they their spren don't really come from the exact same type like the other orders they are just all the big spren and then each person who bonds that spren is going to have slightly different
1: powers what i found interesting from brandon's summary is that the groups that would often protect the individual bondsmith because there are only three that would be you know something worthy of protecting this is like your number one general you know your dwight d eisenhower or something yeah uh who are coordinating not just like battle movements and strategy but are building and maintaining governments and creating the organizations that are necessary for just humans to live at all but it says that of those who were protecting the bondsmiths they could actually be considered members of the Order of Bondsmith. Yeah. They would even swear oaths, but would never have a spren that that wasn't the point to gain surges. It was just to be bonded together in this way.
0: Yeah, to be a part of the team and to just take the oaths purely for uh, the good of the oaths themselves, just to say those things, to you know bond yourself to those ideals Just for that and not for getting anything from it.
1: Yeah, so I could see actually while right now many of the bodyguards of the Colin family are windrunners in training, squires under Kaladin, I could actually see some of them going more with Dalinar and becoming bondsmith squires
0: that's interesting i don't
1: because they're very devoted to bridge four but okay think of like the
0: yeah the cobalt guard yeah. would more be how i could see that happening because yeah i think the bridge four guys are
1: They're real bridge 4 they're into
0: obviously. bridge four yes but you know that other group of people that dalinar has around him that are really you know just dalinar diehards like could Zeth also be like a somewhat Bondsmith? Because he's real into Dalinar
1: now. I don't think he could, because <laughs> I, I actually don't think he is enough into Dalinar no, for what I I'm agree. imagining. I... But the one uh, either sergeant or lieutenant oh, yeah. who had led the guard before Kaladin yeah, showed up. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Exactly. He would be kind of the prime example of someone who could conceivably not be a radiant. But could bond. Could just say his oath. Exactly, of the bondsmiths. We clearly have a lot of powers for the bondsmiths that we don't really understand. One of the things that we definitely see Dalinar do is to lift and fix the big stone uh, archway. I think it's in Phelan City, but he uses that power to kind of bind and resolve. Uh, the break that had come into that stone. What you mentioned, though, about kind of powering up Shalon's abilities in the battle is also seen with Shalon's mapping skills, where she creates what I consider like the hologram map is only possible because Dalinar is there kind of boosting her powers.
0: Exactly. That is their resonance point. And now I just want to see Dalinar resonate with all the other knights radiant that we see
1: yeah it becomes this kind of question of like what is possible and what is the potential clearly we don't know all those answers but i think that these summaries have really opened up a lot of mysteries regarding the knight's order i'm guessing this is because book number four is going to have these Revelations or going to have a lot more revelations when it comes to the or- different orders of the Knights Radiant?
0: Yeah, I mean, if we think about it, uh, we've seen, I feel like most of them at this point, at least speculative, right? Like we have a speculative Stone Ward, we have Venley as a little baby weird will shaper, we have Obviously Yasna. Malata
1: is a dust bringer. Oh yeah,
0: Malata, the dust bringer. So that's everyone, right? That's all the orders.
1: We don't have a real truth watcher. We have Renarin.
0: Well, I know, but that's what I have been saying. They're all a little bit weird. But in some capacity, we now have
1: Seen them speculatively all.
0: Yeah. one of every order.
1: <laughs> I think that's correct. I think that there is one of every order. Or at least a speculated one of every order. Yeah, I don't see any gaps. We got them all. Sweet. And so I imagine that the reason that this came out is solely because all of this stuff is part of Rhythm of War.
0: Oh, man. I can't wait.
1: That is November. We have a bunch of exciting things coming up but right now we are doing the reread of words of radiance look for that episode two weeks after this one launches continue those words of radiance rereads clearly we are going to do Oathbringer next remember we already reread edge dancer so if you haven't had that chance to read that novella either go back and check out our episode or squeeze that reread in as well
0: until next time life before death,
1: strength before weakness,
0: journey before destination.